0: He basically built this, this marketplace that these guys are. This white ah. paper, right? This white paper is Silk Road. It's just that there will not be a face. Like Russ Albrecht was the face, and they arrested the face, and they took down SilkRoad.com, right? They took down the face of this idea. But what these guys have proposed in this white paper, there won't be a face. Just like with Bitcoin, there's no CEO of Bitcoin. It just is.
1: Podcast. I'm Mandana
0: and I'm Ian
1: and and we're we're the the Recepies. My husband Ian is a Bitcoin enthusiast, but I am not. Each week, he tries to teach me something about Bitcoin and Bitcoin adoption. We have a lot of fun with it.
0: But I'm not trying to overwhelm you with technical analysis and price targets, babe.
1: You promise?
0: I promise.
1: And I promise we won't overwhelm you with ads. That's because we operate on the value for value business model. What's that? Instead of reading off a bunch of ads, we're going to keep things a little more personal, intimate, if you will. If you enjoy the show, meaning it brings you some value, consider supporting us. That support can be sharing the pot on your socials, recommending us to a friend, and yes, even sending us some money.
0: And since I'm the Bitcoiner, I prefer Bitcoin. and You can send us some on our favorite podcasting app, Fountain.
1: To all our fountainheads out there, Keep making and sharing clips of the show. We may make the content, but without you, all I'm really doing here is flirting with my husband in front of a microphone. Y'all ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandra. Hola.
0: Guten tag. Buongiorno. Hola.
1: And howdy for Texas.
0: Howdy, Texas.
1: What time is it, babe?
0: The current time is... 786-282 786-282 and we're approximately 574 blocks since our last episode.
1: And if I gave you one US dollar, how many acres could I get on Sunny Bitcoin Island right now?
0: Today you can get 3,565 acres for a dollar.
1: That ain't nothing.
0: I don't know, is that good or bad? Nothing.
1: The number is just used to be so much higher.
0: Well yeah, because we were at 15.
1: Yeah, so it was 6,000 at one point.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much... Doubled or cut in half, cut depending in half. on, yeah, yeah, depending yeah, on yeah. how you want to look at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I said this to you yesterday, but like when it was at 16, we had a discussion on the pot about like, should we buy more? And you were like, I got it under control. We only buy a little a day. Da, 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 da. I regret not buying more at 16.
0: We bought more at 16.
1: I know we bought more at 16, but like, I would have bought more.
0: How much would you have bought?
1: more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everybody always wishes they had bought more. That's the story of life.
1: I knew that it was going to go back up and I knew that this was really cheap. And even if it went back down, it would go back up a lot again. And so, yeah, I think I should have followed my instincts and just done it.
0: Imagine watching it go from 20 to three and not buying it at three. Yeah. That was my life. Mm
1: -hmm. Sucks to be you. Well, I
0: mean, I bought other things.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. But like, I think that... Most of them you own. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm in that place now where like, I should have probably trusted my intuition. And, you know, of course, your money's my money. You, you know, we've talked about this in the, in the whole Married with Bitcoin series. Uh, but I would have put more money in and just not listened to you. <laughs> And then I would, yeah, then I would have come back and been like, oh, look, I, you know, I tripled my money or something like that.
0: Since we're talking about this, you know, we don't, we try not to really talk about price, but I feel like it's hard not to. It's it's hard not to, right? These Um, days,
1: it's easy to not talk about it when it's down.
0: (laughs) I mean, we're still not past the all time high. So when we get past the all time high, then it's, then it's easy to talk about it. Because we were buying at the top we were so you know i'm in the process of working through all of our buys and trying to figure out our cost basis so that i can give you a number and let you know what our number is
1: yeah i've I've, i did ask you the other day like on average how much have we spent on bitcoin because yeah we were buying last year and we bought when it was very low but have we broke even even yet
0: I believe I haven't I haven't finished doing the math, Mm -hmm. but I believe that we are at break even right now, Mm -hmm. regardless of the drop from the highs. Yeah. So that's nice.
1: It is. nice, Right. (laughs) Um, But I'm definitely curious to know, but it's not like, of course, we're not going to sell our Bitcoin, so it doesn't completely matter. But it would be nice to know that we recovered from The dip from last year
0: that's why like you don't really talk about price when you talk about price then you start building up that anxiety and that worry about like i've lost money right yeah but in actuality as long as you have more bitcoin today than you did yesterday you haven't lost anything Mm -hmm. right like you're seeing the volatility of the dollar and that's what's making you feel like you're gaining and losing but as long as the number of satoshis you have is keep going up you're good And there's a lot of people that have zero Satoshis.
1: Which brings us to Ian's bounty program. Um, How's that been going, babe? uh, It's going good. I think like a couple of hours after we put out last week's episode, Ian was like, mm, I might have jumped the gun with the thousand of Satoshis offer. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's adding up, isn't it?
0: No, 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 no. It's not that it's adding up. I was just trying to think of a number that actually would catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at a point now in like the Bitcoin community where like a hundred Satoshis doesn't really catch people's attention, right? A hundred Satoshis is basically like a penny now. Mm-hmm. But a thousand Satoshis is still like a number that you don't see everywhere. Like okay. on Nostra, for example, people zap people, right? Like they give a little little bit of Bitcoin all the time. And I don't see a lot of posts that have like a thousand Satoshis. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at it like that. Same thing as like on Fountain. Fountain has got a little bit bigger spenders. Like I'll see like a hundred thousand Satoshi boosts mm-hmm. on Fountain, but those are usually... OG Bitcoiners giving Bitcoin to, like, OG podcasts. Yeah. So they probably are sitting on, like, tens or hundreds of Bitcoin, and 100,000 Satoshis is nothing to them. Jeez. Right? But, like, for us in our cohort, we're in a lower, like, if you want to get technical, like, a lower socioeconomic status on the Bitcoin totem pole, right? Where it's, like, we're in, you know, the third epoch, right? And in the third epoch, 100,000 Satoshis is a lot. To anyone who started in the third epoch. But if you started in the second epoch, 100,000 Satoshis is nothing to you, (laughs) probably. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because Bitcoin was like at Mm $3,000. So like, that's really what we're dealing with here. So I figured that people who are new to Bitcoin and have installed Fountain and have seen our promoted episode on Fountain for the first time and they hear I can get 1,000 Satoshis... I figured that was a good number. And it seems to be working. I'm really happy with, like, all the clips that have been made so far. Um, Apparently, there was, like, a bug with Fountain. So, I guess people were... Of course there
1: was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, it's, you know, it's still, like... Fountain is still new. It's technically... I mean, is it less than a year old? I think it's, like, coming up on one year.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know
0: that. Right? So, like, we started using Fountain around March. I think, like, Oscar went on on Twitter asking for, like, people to use it in, like, February. And I raised my hand. And that's what, like, started this whole thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, like, we didn't actually, like, start using and promoting Fountain until, like, March, April. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Fountain's about a year old. And a year old app is, like, that's nothing.
1: Yeah, like, we gotta give them grace, give it time, all those things.
0: So that being said, there is, like, a big update that's coming. And there's, like, a, a Fountain beta channel that you can join and people are joining it and, and trying to get access to the beta. Um, obviously, it's iOS first because, you know, screw Android people. Like, it seems like the next update is going to solve a lot of these problems, um, at least from what they're saying or hinting is going to be in the build. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, it's just I like Fountain. I, I actually love Fountain. And I love how they're, like, approaching value for value. So,
1: Ooh, the L word, babe. You don't use that often.
0: If Nostra... if, if Are
1: we flirting with Fountain?
0: Yeah. I mean we have him. We're dating Fountain, what are you talking about? (laughs) You're
1: like, I'm in love with Fountain. No, I mean I (laughs) I love it a committed relationship.
0: I love it because like if Nostra didn't exist, Fountain would be like the thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Right?
0: Nostra just kinda like, in my opinion, took a little bit of its shine. Right? Because they had figured out a way, like it was going down the it was going down the road of being a social media platform for content makers to interact with their listeners and monetize in a very, you know, Satoshi's are fractions of a penny, right? So micro payment way. Mm -hmm. And NOSHA just came along and said, well, it's not going to be a company that does it. It's going to be an open protocol and anyone can build on that. So if NOSHA didn't exist, which it technically didn't when they started, Mm -hmm. I think that would be getting a lot more shine than it is right now.
1: But I hear what you're saying. And it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I like... I don't have a sense of how many people use Fountain, but I always forget that, like, if you're on Fountain, you are a Bitcoiner.
0: Well, what's happened recently is they've got a lot of big name podcasts to come over.
1: Bitcoin podcast.
0: No, just podcasts. Like, cool. I'd have to pull up the list, but okay. I saw it and it's like
1: big names, big names. I'm not saying people are saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, they're not trying to make it a Bitcoin podcast only platform. They're just trying to make it a platform, platform where you can monetize through Bitcoin. Right. And so I know that, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, that they've been bringing over some like non-Bitcoin podcasts. Mm-hmm. And those people are then talking about Fountain on their podcast and bringing all of their listeners over. So like what we see in the data is we've been getting a lot more listens.
1: Yes, we have.
0: Because Fountain is getting more listeners.
1: So speaking of which, we've hit a milestone that you're pretty proud of.
0: Yeah, so I meant to talk about this last episode and we didn't because it's not obvious the way our metrics are gathered, but we have hit 100,000 downloads.
1: Woohoo! If I had a soundboard, I would be able to play some really great uh, side effects mu- and music right now, but I can't because I don't, so I won't.
0: Well, I showed you the soundboard. <laughs> You tell me when I'll pull the trigger.
1: Use some insane equipment that costs so much money. It's I think we're going to need a lot more downloads to get like the justification for such a cost.
0: Yeah, we definitely haven't made enough money to buy that. So nah, to buy nah, that board, nah. um, no. So we hit hundred thousand downloads, and you know, we first started the podcast on uh, Spotify's platform Anchor, and when we left there, we had about thirty-five thousand. -hmm. Then in October we migrated over to Substack, and like a couple weeks ago we crossed sixty five thousand downloads for Substack. So sixty five plus thirty five is hundred k. Okay,
1: woohoo! Yeah,
0: it's um, it doesn't feel like that.
1: It doesn't. Like I don't even know what that means.
0: I mean, like we've done uh, this will be episode fifty seven. We've been doing it for a little over a year. Yeah. So one hundred thousand downloads divided by Mm fifty is what. 2,000 downloads an episode.
1: Yeah, which overall, I mean, obviously our average listener per episode is much higher than that now, but that yeah, I mean, average that over time.
0: We've been we've been steadily increasing as we've been focusing on Fountain. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of Fountain is that it's a new platform. It's like getting in on YouTube on the ground floor, mm-hmm. right? And so every time someone new comes to Fountain, like, we're there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, when we do our podcast, if they listen, we talk about Fountain. Like, we don't talk about really Spotify or Apple or any of the features that they're doing or anything. You're like, take a poll or whatever. It's like, forget all that nonsense. Um, and on top of that, like, we're making money over here. Um, not a lot, but we're making money. And we and-
1: don't have ads. I, I hate ads. Especially podcast ads. They're so fake. They're like, hey. You know what I love? I love using Athletic Greens. It's always Athletic Greens, the podcast I listen to.
0: I have no idea what that is. That's
1: fine. Oh, yeah. I guess it caters to me. It's always Athletic Greens or like some type of bed linen or BetterHelp, the online therapy. (laughs) It goes to show you what I listen to. But I'm I'm always like, none of you guys use any of these things.
0: Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Mm. Um, But the fact that you don't like ads is kind of proof positive that fountain is a better model
1: yeah
0: obviously a lot of podcasts on fountain still have ads because they're on all those other places but since we're fountain only we don't have we don't have to try to monetize through advertisers we could and that's why that number is so such a big deal right so when I google like what's a successful podcast what do those numbers look like the last two months we've gotten about 10,000 downloads a month we do four episodes roughly Mm -hmm. 5,000 downloads an episode like that's where we are right now. Like, according to the internet, that's a successful podcast. Woohoo. If you're putting those ads in there, ah, okay. Because the way that you get paid with ads is it's per thousand downloads.
1: Ah, okay. So
0: like, if you see,
1: I remember you telling me this like when we started the podcast, and I was like, that's impossible. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's 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 crazy that like you know if we were in the old model, we would be. Probably having three to five ads and according to the internet, it's like $10 per thousand. Mm -hmm. So whatever that times, whatever that times, whatever that is, like you could bring in like $500 an episode if we were in the old model.
1: Yeah, I like what we're doing instead, you know, moving it away from like the value for value model discussion. I think it goes to show that like trying something new, especially like in the creative space, it can take time. But it's not impossible. So I think, like, yeah, we started in January of 2022, and we're just really getting started. But I think if you had told me back in like February, you're gonna be doing this for a whole other year, and you're gonna have this many listeners, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, how is that even possible? So I'm excited to see where this keeps going. Like, I hope our listenership grows. Not just like for us, you know, like not for our ego, but of course it means like more people are getting into Bitcoin or our conversations are helping other people get into Bitcoin, especially like as the price goes up now. And, you know, over time I do see people a little warmer to the idea of Bitcoin in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm like really hopeful that, you know, eventually even the most skeptical people in our lives like can listen to us and really open their eyes to what's possible with bitcoin as you know a lot of scary things are happening to their money
0: obviously like i i would like the listenership to go up just because you know it means more people are getting the message right um but i think a big part of you know why bitcoin is catching on um, and this is going to get into the the story of the the day that we're going to talk about. Is that it's very easy to give someone Bitcoin in a conversation now. When Bitcoin first started, and I had to send you a blockchain transaction, and it takes ten minutes to confirm, and like there weren't a bunch of apps you could just download onto your phone yeah. to like have that tangible effect of like, hey, now you have Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but today, okay. like, I just I just pulled them all up and put them in one folder on my phone. I have like eight apps on my phone <laughs> that are like Bitcoin apps.
1: Yeah, you do. <laughs>
0: and like I have so many different ways to send people Bitcoin and because of that it's like any conversation I get into, like someone said the other day like, "Oh, you can't buy anything with Bitcoin." And I pulled up Oshi. So Oshi's this app that like has all these, you know, businesses that just accept Bitcoin. And I'm like, I can buy coffee. I can buy pizza. I can I can buy stuff. Like, oh, you've
1: I'm, never shown that to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it is what it is. Like, there's nothing in there that we really that we really need, yeah. right? But like to say you can't buy anything, I have an app that just disproves that statement.
1: It's really happening. Like, yeah. you might not be in tune with it or in touch with like what's going on in the Bitcoin space, but people can't make those blanket statements anymore.
0: Yeah, and so with Fountain and Nostra and Lightning which enables uh, Zaps on Nostra and the Fountain app, it's real tangible now. And that's what the bounty program is about. Like you, the listeners, can make money just by making clips.
1: All right, so here's my question. After the success of the bounty program, I mean, we're only a couple days into it, um, are you still going to give 1,000 sats after this week? Or after this episode drops, does the number change?
0: Oh, it's staying at 1,000. Okay. No, this is... Mr. Moneybags over
1: here. <clears throat>
0: it's not... Well, first of all, not Mr. Moneybags, but like...
1: Mr. Bitcoin wallet over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, I think it's a virtuous cycle. You know, through Fountain, we do the promotions and that kind of gets us in front of people. And you can earn a little bit through there. If you actually listen to us and you like what you heard, you can make a lot more by being an active participant in the value for value like world. So you'll make like a hundred sats for listening to our promoted episode, but you can make like I did I did our last episode, I made five clips. So if I did what I said, that would be ten thousand satoshis.
1: Mm-hmm. Five
0: clips on Fountain, post them to Nostra, that's ten thousand satoshis. Yeah. If someone is truly understands, like this is a business you can be in, like you could actually be in business of I just make clips and send them out there. Yeah. And if other podcasts encourage this like if other podcasts did this bounty program also you basically have like kind of i said it in the last episode like people are kind of working for you
1: and you're eliminating the need for advertisers because people actual people are listening to your podcast and saying hey i like this podcast here's a clip that i thought was interesting which is so different than hey if you have a lot of people downloading your podcast show us your metrics and we'll pay this much for you to do an ad on your podcast
0: yeah i mean like for us i would call this like the long game right so the long game for us is maybe i'm just like tooting my own horn here but i haven't seen any other podcast do this and i feel like i follow the major bitcoin podcasts. i have not seen any podcast say we will pay you to make the clips Mm -hmm. and distribute them
1: because they all have ads
0: they all have ads, but like, I just haven't seen it. Right. Yeah. So like, I really think that maybe we're being a little overzealous with the amount that we're giving, but we're first, as far as I can tell, I wanted to be like that extra oomph. Like I said, you can, if you made five clips of our last episode and you posted them on Nostra, you're making 10,000 Satoshis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really powerful statement to make. I did it. It didn't take me a lot of time, but it took me enough time. Right. But these clips are in perpetuity. So you are going to continue to see money from those clips.
1: Yeah, not just from us. As
0: you distribute them Mm -hmm. in your channels and they get shared and liked and then other people have the Fountain app and then they hear your clip and they like it, right? So like, it's kind of how music artists make money, right? It's just royalties. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, we don't get any of it. Um, What we get is the distribution and the promotion. But yeah, I think this is a great idea. Judging by what I've seen so far, we're definitely going to stay at 1,000 Satoshis. And we're definitely doing this until we stop doing this podcast. Really? Yeah. Forever. We might have to drop it down if like a bunch of people are doing it. Yeah. But like, you know, obviously I'm not giving out like $1,000 for a single episode. Mm -hmm. But like, no, I think this is a really good um, strategy. And like I said, I haven't seen anyone else do it.
1: So we're recording on 420. But I promise you guys, Ian's not high right now. (laughs) Because wow babe.
0: No, I mean I'm serious. Like I, the I
1: promise.
0: I was sitting there like on my phone last night and I was getting frustrated because people weren't making clips. And I was seeing the downloads go up and I was seeing people allegedly listen to the episode and there were no clips being made and mm-hmm. I was getting frustrated. And then finally this morning I saw that there was like a bug mm-hmm. with fountain and that's why no clips were being made. It wasn't just us, it was nobody could make clips. So the fountain team fixed the bug and then I started seeing people make clips. What I took that as is that people, just like me, like, I had stopped making clips on Fountain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just wouldn't work for me sometimes. Yeah. And I kind of just stopped. I agree.
1: I agree. And I was I feel experiencing like, that as well. And I
0: feel like a lot of people probably stopped. But yesterday, I made five clips in a row. It never bugged out on me. It worked every time. And so, like, as long as that feature works, and as long as that feature's in Fountain... We, the 411Bitcoin podcast, will pay you to make clips and we will pay you to post them on Nostra until we stop doing this podcast. The number might change, but we will always pay for every clip that's
1: made. As your co-host of this podcast, like I'm excited, but as your wife, I'm worried.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have some other stuff that's coming that I think is going to offset your concern, um, but it's just not ready yet to talk about.
1: Ooh, you gotta love a cliffhanger. all right, babe, you want to talk about this white paper that's come out. Who wrote it?
0: Mm, I don't really have the names. I mean, I could pull it up if you want to, but I don't want to get deep into the details. I just want to really get into the, what the idea is and what I think it means for Bitcoin, Lightning, Nostra, and really the internet e-commerce world as a whole.
1: And so this white paper is saying like everything on the internet is going to happen on NoStra going forward or could.
0: So the Bitcoin white paper is the title of it is a, you know, peer to peer, I'm going to get brutalized for not getting this right, but peer to peer like currency system. Right. Um, And this white paper kind of, kind of took that title and just twisted a little bit and said it's a peer to peer marketplace. So we have the money for the marketplace but we're trying to use that money in like the old internet world. So we're sitting here saying, oh, it'd be really great if Amazon took Bitcoin or oh, it'd be really great if I could spend my Bitcoin on eBay and all these places that we already kind of shop and buy stuff. It'd be great if they accepted Bitcoin. It'd be great if they accepted lightning payments. It'd be great if they integrated with strike. It'd be great if they insert, insert, insert. Obviously that's not working. Like it's working, but it's not working. It's coming very slowly. And it's
1: coming really slowly because of decision makers, not because of, te- of technology, right?
0: Right. The technology's there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but these centralized platforms, Amazon, eBay...
1: Oh, keyword, decentralized. It's centralized, ah, right? So how do we make it decentralized? Nostra?
0: So the white paper proposes that we combine some features of Bitcoin, the protocol for escrowing things some features of lightning for routing the money from the buyer to the seller and some features of nostra for the actual like marketplace itself of i want i have a thing i want to sell and i want to broadcast that out to the world and there's a bunch of people that are looking for that thing to buy and they're going to receive that notification when i post it to sell
1: isn't this like robosats
0: so robosats would be the first iteration of this idea
1: okay
0: um good catch
1: Ah, yeah. So So we talked about RoboSats the past two episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anyone who's missed it.
0: And so RoboSats is a website where you can buy and sell Bitcoin anonymously Mm -hmm. in various fiat currencies. And
1: it uses lightning technology. It's obviously using Bitcoin. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, But But
1: it's a marketplace for Bitcoin.
0: It's a marketplace for Bitcoin.
1: And so the idea is that... You could have a marketplace for anything on something like Robosats. Well, or, or, so the idea is like it, something like Robosats, but instead you're selling pizza.
0: There's a very subtle nuance to what you just said. You're not wrong, right? But the nuance would be is that Robosats is a marketplace for Bitcoin. What these guys are proposing is that Bitcoin is the currency of this other marketplace Mm -hmm. so like on robosats you buy and sell bitcoin with dollars euros yen pounds whatever right right? that's the currency of robosats so on robosats the currency is all of the fiat currencies of the world in this marketplace bitcoin or bust
1: or bust yeah bitcoin or bust like I only want Bitcoin.
0: Well, it only can work with Bitcoin. Yeah, that's yeah. why I
1: said. <laughs> okay, you're like so into this idea like, that you're like, mother. I don't have time for your. Planning. Well, I was like, I was no, I was, I was
0: trying to understand where the or bust came in, but I, I yeah, yes, or bust, <laughs> right? Um, Sorry,
1: back to business.
0: No, no, no. Like, like I said, you're not wrong in the comparison to RoboSats, but the currency is Bitcoin. The product is other currencies right amongst other RoboSats, things yes no no not in this new in this new marketplace right so on robosats the thing that you go there to buy is bitcoin
1: uh-huh
0: and you buy it with fiat currencies mhm on this in this new idea right the thing that you buy is fiat currencies and you'd buy it with bitcoin because the only thing you could transact with is the bitcoin
1: why do you want to buy fiat currencies
0: Fundamentally, that's what you're doing when you're selling Bitcoin on RoboSats, right?
1: But why does the white paper care about that? How is that changing the internet?
0: I'm saying if you were comparing RoboSats to this, that would be the difference. That'd be the core difference. The other difference is that fiat currencies are just one of many products for sale in this new marketplace.
1: Okay. Right?
0: So fiat currencies sit alongside pizza and shoes. Yeah, bring
1: it back to pizza.
0: <laughs> right? Pizza and shoes and cars and whatever jewelry or whatever, right? Like think of eBay, but there is no company
1: or Craigslist.
0: Or Craigslist, right? Like Craigslist and eBay very similar in their in their purpose. But what this does is say if you're a person who has a thing to sell, all you're responsible for is in theory there would be multiple apps, just like a Nostra, yeah. right? And you would broadcast, I have a thing to sell.
1: On the protocol.
0: On the protocol. Mm-hmm. And then all these different relays would be listening for that specific type of event. And you'd have an app called, let's call it GBay, right? And you'd have an app called Gamazon, right?
1: <laughs> I don't know why I love these apps that I want them.
0: <laughs> but GBay and Gamazon are both pulling from the same data set, which is Nostra. They're not two separate databases that Amazon controls yeah. one and eBay you know controls another. Wild? I
1: understand everything you're saying. I know you do.
0: <laughs> I know you do. What?
1: You what is wh- happening? But you want to know why
0: you understand? is <laughs> because this is actually easier to understand than how things currently work. Yeah,
1: that is... I, I, yeah, I'll because, give you
0: that. So the reason why this is easier to understand is because it works how like commerce should work right so when you go to the farmers market for example and you want to buy let's just say you want to buy tomatoes right there might be five different farmers at the farmers market selling tomatoes right but you go to different farmers at the farmers market maybe his tomatoes are four dollars maybe his tomatoes are five dollars maybe his tomatoes are six dollars right And, yeah, they can see each other's stalls and maybe they got some old school beef brewing and they're trying to undercut each other's prices. But, like, I can see you, right? Like, you're not just a faceless thing that's, like, undercutting my pricing. Amazon doesn't work like that. Amazon sees what everyone's selling and then figures out what has the highest margin. And that's where you get Amazon Basics from. Mm -hmm. So they go in and undercut Everyone. It's like, you want paper towels? Amazon's always going to have the cheapest paper towels. Are they good paper towels? No. But if you just need paper towels, they know exactly what price point to sell it at to undercut everyone else that's selling on their platform. They control pricing on their platform. Mm -hmm. That's not how real economies work. That's not how real marketplaces work. The reason why you understand this idea is because this is actually how a human brain functions. Yeah, but also,
1: like, I understood what you were saying when you said relays.
0: Well, yeah, okay, that's it, (laughs) that's it. Um, But this is really powerful.
1: Yes, I mean, don't forget, I have a master's in public finance and all that fun stuff. But it's the relays that I understood, and I was really excited about
0: (laughs) Right, so, like... And I
1: think I only understood that because I used Nostra. So, like, I think if you're listening and none of that made sense to you, it's probably because you you don't have an app that connects you to Nostra.
0: Right. So, what this white paper does is it specifically calls out that in order to make this work, we need Bitcoin, Lightning, and Nostra. They specifically call out Nostra. They don't say something like Nostra; mm-hmm. they say Nostra.
1: How is the community of Bitcoin and Nostra like embracing this white paper, or is it still like fairly new?
0: It's fairly new. Okay. Um, it might have come out like right before we recorded our last episode. Okay. Um, Which is why I said, like, I want to get into it, but I hadn't even read it yet. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Has anyone hated on
0: it yet? I don't know if hate's the right word. I think, you know, a lot of people have a lot of concerns similar to what you had about RoboSats. It's like, what happens if someone doesn't send the thing that I bought? Yeah, that's
1: true. It's like really relying on honesty. and
0: Right. And so, you know, without getting into the technical details of how they offer to solve that problem, um, what they're basically offering is a um
1: bounty <laughs>
0: um, a reputation system similar to what ebay did okay right so ebay had the same problem yeah. people are selling stuff on the internet you give them the money they didn't send the stuff what do you do mm-hmm. right so because of ebay's original problem they came with a reputation system and that's what created paypal you created a third party arbiter if something goes wrong they interject and give the money back or whatever so what these guys have proposed is a completely trustless well, not completely trustless, but relatively trustless version of that, where when you formalize a contract with someone, both sides put something up, and you basically would both agree to what the arbiter would be, either an automated system or even maybe an actual person or a so a company could be made to be the arbiter for these things. and you know it would be something like um. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. I'm not saying this is what would happen, but like,
1: PayPal. Uh, Get it like PayPal with the G. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: sticking with the G. Why did I pick a G?
1: I don't know. I, I should have went, went
0: with an N for Noster. Amazon. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, so like
1: that makes more sense.
0: It would make way more sense.
1: But the, I I gravitated towards the G, so yeah, I liked yeah.
0: it. Um, eBay, GBay. That's probably where it started. Yeah. Um, no, so like. So I'm not saying this is how it's going to work, but just imagine this, for example, right? So Plaid, there's this company called Plaid. And what Plaid does is when you use any type of fintech app now, um, they're going to ask you to like, log into your bank account. But you're not logging into this website. It's a third-party system. You log into your bank account, and then Plaid creates APIs for whatever app that you're trying to use to like, get data from your bank account but you're still in control. You can always revoke their access, right? So what someone could do is say like, okay, we're going to have this transaction and Plaid is going to be the arbiter of this transaction. When I say that you didn't send the money, I also give access to the place that I told you to send the money so that some third-party person can go in and say, no, we see the money right there. Give the guy back his, mm-hmm. his Bitcoin, right? So that's just an example. So of, that
1: wasn't in the white paper, but this is kind of the way that it could tackle some of the criticisms I'm or para- hesitations.
0: I'm heavily paraphrasing what's written. I'm just using that as an okay, example, okay. right? Like there will be the possibility of third party arbiters and there will be different implementations of these third party arbiters. And all of that is yet to be built. It's just the white paper saying we will have arbiters and they'll ar- be able mm-hmm. to arbitrate different things in, in different ways. Um, But I think, for example, like I was just saying a second ago, like I'm reading the white paper. There's so many other little niche businesses that will be created from if this like global decentralized marketplace exists. So like I just see this white paper as uh, even if this doesn't come into being, you know, the history of Bitcoin is that Bitcoin wasn't the first. It was just the first successful one. There were many attempts at Bitcoin that had different names, like eCash. I
1: didn't know that.
0: They had different names, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there were a bunch of computer guys that were trying to make digital money. Mm -hmm. And if you go back through the history, like, when Satoshi Nakamoto made the white paper, or wrote the white paper, he sent it to that group of people. Mm -hmm. They were the cypherpunks, right? And they had their mailing, mailing list of people that were working on this problem, and he sent it there. Right. So they reviewed it and were like, this might work. Got it. And the thing that he had added was like pieces from like other people's. He had just taken ideas from everything else that had been tried and just bundled them in Mm -hmm. a different way. Um, So I think this white paper um, may not be the one that succeeds, but the pieces of technology are starting to fall into place where maybe someone in the future will say, oh, we didn't have this. Now we have this. And if what if we put this together? You know, we have Bitcoin and Lightning and Nostra, but maybe there's some other thing that we don't have yet that we don't know about. And once we do have it, some other Satoshi Nakamoto will come in and say, now we can make the global marketplace, right? So are
1: you very excited about this?
0: Um, yes, because I think this actually will work.
1: So in this episode, you've told me that you're in love and you're also very excited about something. Mm -hmm. This is a little rare for you, babe. Is it? I think so.
0: SpaceX launched a rocket today.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It technically didn't work, but it worked. Mm-hmm. And you turn on the mainstream news and they're like, Elon Musk's multi-billion dollar rocket explodes in failure. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that didn't fail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was the most powerful rocket ever launched, ever, and it flew. It flew, and like, if it lost engines, like all, like six of the engines, like, it worked. It's the first attempt at this, and it worked. I think this marketplace will work. I think on its first attempt, it will actually work. Will it need more work? Will it need to be refined? Will people probably lose money and get scammed and all that fun stuff? Sure. People got scammed on Craigslist. People got scammed on eBay. Mm-hmm. They still exist. Mm-hmm. People still go there, and, you know, as a place of, like, truth, Knowing that, like, oh, you can get scammed on the internet and, like, watch out on Craigslist, people still go there. Yeah,
1: you get scammed everywhere (laughs) And so,
0: Right. And so what this system, at least the way that I'm reading the white paper, is being designed, it's safer than Mm. eBay. It's safer than Craigslist. It's safer than PayPal. Because all of those are centralized. All of those, at the end of the day, there's somebody with a username and password that can just change the rules of the game. And with what these guys are proposing, it's technically as, um, trustless as Bitcoin. And that to me is very powerful because there won't be a CEO of this marketplace. There won't be a Jeff Bezos of this marketplace, right?
1: Bezos.
0: Bezos, Bezos. People say it differently. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I've heard both ways. But that's powerful. Like we haven't had a marketplace on the internet that wasn't controlled by somebody that was knocking out all the competition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're like manipulating a lot of what we're seeing. And of course, then, you know, monopolizing certain products and it's a mess. And I agree. Amazon basics are crap.
0: We love Amazon, right?
1: It's gotten us through first Two months of parenthood
0: it got us through the pandemic us being humanity yes. i guess or at least north america like through the pandemic yeah. like people love amazon but
1: we can do better
0: the question is like but what are we losing and what we're losing is the ability for small businesses entrepreneurs even to uh create something new and compete against an Amazon or a Walmart or before Walmart, Sears. Distributing products to like American population has been monopolized for like the last hundred years. And distributing products to like most of the West has been monopolized for at least the last 20 under Amazon. And what this marketplace does is say like, you can't monopolize the fact that someone wants to sell something anymore because that's gonna be distributed everywhere if someone posts that i want to sell a car just like there's a bunch of different nostra clients for social media there'll be a bunch of different clients for buying cars and whoever has the best ux and the best ui will just have the people use it not because you have a database of the products that they can only get there but because you have the best experience for getting that product amazon is a crappy website it sucks but we all go there
1: yeah
0: right but it's terrible Other people have tried tried and made very pretty UIs to compete with Amazon, but they don't have the database and they don't have the users because that's the barrier. That's the moat. And so that's why I think this will work because I think there are enough people now. If we can just get all the Etsy people in on this marketplace, we're good.
1: I was thinking Etsy, as you were talking about. All of right, this. like the Etsy people, the softer side of of the e yeah, yeah, yeah. commerce marketplace world.
0: Uh, allegedly, most Etsy people don't like Etsy,
1: so <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, no
0: one no one <laughs> likes yep. to be under the control of a platform. Mm-hmm. And what we've only experienced since really the last twenty years is platforms and control: mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Craigslist eBay, CarMax, (laughs) like, (laughs) right? It's like you create a brand and then you control all the data. This would work the complete opposite way. And I think that that's going to create great competition. Even within the Nostra community already, there's at least four Nostra clients that I bounce between and they're all good. Will someone pull away? Maybe, but like, it's not like Twitter where, oh, Twitter's down and you just can't use it. Like someone's app was broken the other day. Everyone else just switched to the other one. Eh, we'll fix it when he fixes it <laughs> like <laughs> nostra's not down you just have a bug we're gonna leave until you fix your problem and we're gonna come back
1: well babe it's exciting to see you so excited
0: we're living in exciting times and i said it before and i'll say it again Keon is gonna live in a world that you and i we have not experienced up until now hopefully it's for the better but it'll definitely be different
1: i think it'll be for the better
0: Yeah, it'll be better some places, like El Salvador. (laughs) (laughs) But before we go, part of the reason why I'm excited is because before this, before Lightning, before, you know, different websites taking Bitcoin payments, uh, there was the Silk Road. Um, the guy that created the Silk Road is still in jail. Our government has arrested him. He's he's in jail for—I mean, I would say trumped up charges, but like he built a website where people were buying and selling drugs and guns and stuff like that, right? And they were paying for it in Bitcoin. So if you remember our first episode, when I was like, the first time you probably heard the name Bitcoin was with the Silk Road, mm-hmm. and that's I why I remember
1: you brought this up, and I briefly looked it up, but it's been a minute,
0: and that's why everyone associated.
1: And it's 420,
0: so yeah, let's talk drugs. So let's talk drugs. So, Bitcoin's been associated with crime and criminals because of the Silk Road. That's where it gets its main argument that it's for criminals because it was being used by criminals. So, like, no one's arguing that, like, what our government's laws have defined as crimes, like buying drugs mm-hmm. and guns, that people weren't breaking the law that has been created on the Silk Road.
1: So is it time for us to really talk about
0: it? In our next episode, we'll get into uh, the Silk Road, Mm -hmm. Russ Albrecht, and him being in jail for like the last 10 years. I forget the number, but I think the government seized, I want to say like a thousand Bitcoin from him. Like they took a lot of Bitcoin from him Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And he's basically in jail. uh, If if he had to get his Bitcoin back, he'd be a multi-billionaire today. Um, but like
1: multi-billion with a thousand Bitcoin.
0: I saw the number some, I saw the number somewhere that like the amount of Bitcoin they took from him. It's more than a thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like he built the business. The
1: math ain't mathin.
0: The math ain't mathin. But the point is, is that he built, he basically built this, this marketplace that these guys are, this white Ah. paper, right? This white paper is Silk Road. It's just that there will not be a face. Like, Russ Albrecht was the face, and they arrested the face, and they took down SilkRoad.com, right? They took down the face of this idea. But what these guys have proposed in this white paper, there won't be a face. Just like with Bitcoin. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. It just is.
1: You know, babe, what you just described, like, I would watch that Netflix show.
0: Maybe we can get ChatGBT to write it up for us.
1: (laughs) All right, get on it, babe
0: get chat on it
1: oh so tune in next time to learn about the silk road <laughs> i like how that you're now like giving teasers for next week
0: well funny story uh-huh that's what ChatGPT told me to do
1: really like <laughs> so, to keep me engaged or our audience no 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 so
0: because
1: every week i'm like do we even have anything to talk about and ian's always like there's always something to talk about when it comes to bitcoin
0: there's there is always something to talk about Um, What we talk about, I try to make sure is like not super technical and it's on your level and it kind of just broadens your horizon and ideas of like what's really happening and what Bitcoin is doing. You know, we've talked about ChatGPT and kind of joked about it. So uh, one of the things I learned about ChatGPT is that you can basically tell ChatGPT to act in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I told ChatGPT to act as a podcast producer. Mm -hmm. And so now, whenever I have an idea, I say, produce an outline of a show, and this is the topic of the show. It's not great, but in every example that it gave, at the end of it, it always said, tease the next episode.
1: Ah.
0: When ChatGBT told me to like tease the next episode, I knew the next thing we should talk about is the Silk Road. Because this marketplace is basically the appropriate way to do the Silk Road. <laughs>
1: well i like the idea of teasing because we are supposed to be flirting it's a little embarrassing that an ai bot had to tell us that we needed to be teasing on our flirting with bitcoin podcast Mm -hmm. i should have been teasing you a long time ago well i guess maybe the stage in the game we don't really tease anymore but i mean they say you gotta keep dating your spouse (laughs) (laughs)
0: So start a podcast
1: Start a podcast And then at the end of every episode of that podcast Tease what you'll talk about next week So I like it babe Um, I like that idea too Because then maybe if I remember I can like do a little research myself Have some questions lined up for you Is there a Netflix special about this already? No So they've kind of not made it a mainstream story are there spark notes that I can look up?
0: There's a really good like wired article about Okay.
1: Summer, All right,
0: and I'll find it in Cool, Cool,
1: cool. All right, I might read it. And if not, I'll just make you explain it to me next week.